rescue the Death Star. That's operational. Dr. Ben. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Hello and welcome to episode 104 of The Usual Podcast, the podcast where we discuss Star Wars The Old Republic, the Star Wars franchise, and geek and pop culture. I'm your host, Marshall. And with me, back again, is my co-host, Will. Say what's up, buddy. Um, I am happy to be joining us for episode 104. <laughs> I have no idea what that meant. It means that you're just sitting here enjoying your usual frosty beverage. What are you drinking? Uh, I am enjoying a nice Corona again. Uh, how about yourself? Uh, I'm drinking uh, uh, my, well, it's become my new usual, man. Uh, you know, I'm standing in the store and I'm like, well, what am I going to get? And it's like, well, it's always $5 and it's always delicious. So I got Tricera Hops from Ninkasi Brewing Company. It is their double IPA and it has a picture of a sort of a Tricera Tops on it, which is always good. So I like it. You know, I've never actually looked at the label close enough. Please tell me like there are little hop buds in, in place of the horns. Uh, negative. Um, it looks like a metal um, triceratops, actually. Ah, that's a that's an opportunity missed. Well, you just can't have to deal with it. So before we get started, if you have comments or questions, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. I'm at Darth Pops on Twitter, and Will is at I'm Will Griggs. We're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. So, of course, if you find us and see us, like us and share us. Ooh, that was nice. You like that? Um, on any social media you Very see nice. us on. Yeah, I, I thought that was good. And uh, timestamps are in the show notes. If you're not a SWOTOR fan, we don't have a ton of SWOTOR this week, but I do have some stuff I want to talk about because I actually did some cool stuff this week. And uh, if you're not watching live, you can jump around. Uh, we have Star Wars and pop culture as well. A ton of good stuff this week, especially if you're going to San Diego Comic-Con. We got some good news there. So um, anything you want to talk about before we get going, dude? Besides, uh, oh, well, chat, of course. We'll watch chat. Um, you know, thanks for tuning in live, those of you that are. What's up, Steve? Yeah, absolutely. I'll watch chat and uh, no, let's just get on it. No. <laughs> what if I was serious? All right. Oh, you, you're you're going away, it looks like. Oh, okay. Goodbye. All right, here we go. Uh, I'm going to start uh, Star Wars The Old Republic. Here we go. You want to fight? I'm ready. You do not have to stand against me. Instead, I will share all of this with you if you will only Alright, dude. So, community shoutouts this week. Uh, the big thing, uh, the big major thing was Wookiee Alliance. Uh, well, Wookiee Mistake Guild. No, hold on. Unholy Alliance and Wookiee Mistake Guilds on the Harbinger server, our guild. Uh, their Wookiee Alliance Extra Life uh, kickoff event happened on Saturday, uh, after, a couple days after we recorded the last episode. And it was a blast, man. Um, you you missed it. You missed a good time. Yeah, I did. I, I played uh, later that night. Uh, for some reason in my mind, I had it that it was going for 12 hours. I know that's in in uh, November, but I thought it was going then too. And so I was going to be playing later in the evening, which I did. But I had I had families of going on in the morning, so that's why I couldn't make it. No, nah, I'm just giving you crap, dude. It's all good. Uh, and basically what we did, we had a, uh, a number of events. Um, I streamed for a little over four hours, I think. Um, raised a few bucks, which is cool. I'm hoping to raise a little bit more. I've been sending people links to the t-shirts and stuff like that. So hopefully that happens soon. Um, cool. You you said you streamed for four hours? Yeah, it was around around four hours or so. A little over. Wow. You might want to talk to your urologist about that. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the deal. Um, nothing was burning, so it's fine. 
Um, so uh, basically I want to give a big thanks to Mox and JT and Jesse, um, and Elise for organizing all the stuff. Um, we had some really cool events. Uh, the first event was something I had never done. Actually, the first two things we did, I had never done on my main. One was the, um, uh, macro binoculars, uh, mini pet that you can get in game by going around and scanning stuff on, on CZ198. And the other one was uh, the Fleet Datacron. For some reason, I had never gotten. And uh, it was it was yeah, cause awesome. You need, you, yeah, because you need 10 people to do it. No, you need a bunch of people. So they actually basically had set that whole thing up ahead of time. Uh, so that was kind of nice. And so we... Oh, we the, 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 yeah. Yeah, so there were we a lot of people died. Still, I died a couple times. I fell through the cracks a few times and stuff like that. But it was it was a lot of fun. Um, and then we did the Musco event, which is basically a scavenger hunt using Musco uh, named tunes, um, which was pretty cool. Nice. Uh, mine was Chiss again, um, and I went with uh, because Caleron logged in, um, and he's one of our regulars on Wog up until the last couple months, and he hasn't been able to go uh, because he's been working nights. And one of his things he always says is we're all going to die. So I, uh, I named mine. We're all going to die. Uh, we're all going to die Musco. So that was awesome. Um, so, (laughs) so that was a lot of fun. Uh, I lost the event. I think it was rigged, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, man, it's always rigged, but uh, I just want to, I can't stress enough. I'll put some links in the show notes. Um, if you want to help, uh, children's miracle network hospitals, extra life, that was our kick of kickoff event just happened, but on November 4th, we'll be doing our big one. So, um, can't wait. It's gonna be fun. I'm going to stream for 12, 12 hours a day. That's my goal. Yeah. Definitely have to talk to your urologist there. Yeah, well, long time streaming, dude. <laughs> anyway, before uh, we get out of community stuff, I want to give um, one at the top of the show and then at the bottom of the show. Uh, we only have a couple weeks, what, two and a half, three weeks now to a Comic Con? Something like that? Yeah, three weeks from uh, yes, uh, d- yesterday. Yes, so three weeks, roughly. Uh, by the time you hear this, it'll be a little less, but we're doing our second annual Pucked Cantina. Um, and basically, uh, probably tomorrow, well, by the time you hear this, you've already seen it, but I would like people to RSVP and let me know how many you're bringing. Um, so I can get an idea of numbers. I plan on bringing some prizes with me. I want to do a little raffle. So I'm going to use the hashtag pucked, uh, P U C T 2017. Um, so definitely respond to that when you see it on Twitter and I'll tag as many people as I can. I'm trying to come up with a logo before I do it. Um, I want to tag everybody who says they might come so I can get some, Get some numbers, man. I'm trying to bring some cool Star Wars socks and some other stuff. I'm hoping to get some stuff from Musco as well. So if you're listening, Musco, uh, yeah, I got your email. I'm waiting. So here we are. And don't forget. And don't forget, uh, we have two days until it. Well, by the time you hear this, the deadline is over. But uh, if you're watching live, it is the 29th today, and uh, you have the till the day after tomorrow to turn in your submission for the Puck 2017 T-shirt. And uh, so on the 1st is the deadline, and then hopefully by the 5th we'll have it uh, available to order on a t-shirt site, and the winning design will get their shirt for free. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So uh, I'm excited about that too, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, so just submit it, uh, just uh, DM it to me at IamWillGriggs, uh, or just tweet it and include uh, the hashtag Puck2017, or you can uh, email it to the usual podcast at gmail.com. Cool, man. Uh, so what did you do in game this week, dude? Um, I actually got to play quite a bit this week. Uh, I was finishing off a whole bunch of old missions. Um, I finished off, uh, the basic gear quest on two of my tunes. Oh my God. <laughs> so on my Sith Inquisitor and on my Sith Warrior. And, uh, 
But then I've also dropped almost 10 million credits on the Nightlife event. And uh-huh. I've diddly squat. I've dropped 10 million credits and I've only gotten five golden certificates. 10 million? Yes. Ha. So uh, you want to know how much it cost me to get the Gamorrean Guard this year? Don't tell me. Uh, okay. Don't tell me. No, it was uh, about uh, one and a half mil, I think. Yeah, because the first time I went in, I just said, okay, I'm going to buy a hundred of the smugglers coins and then whatever king tokens I got out of that, kingpin tokens, I went over and played them. But then I just went and said, okay, I'm going to buy a hundred kingpin tokens, which was 7.5 million. Oh, don't do it. uh, Oh, you blew it. I just didn't have the time to put into it. I know. A thousand smuggler coins or tokens. And uh, I just transferred a whole bunch of money over to my main and I did it and just that whole thing I got uh, out of that 7.5 million batch, I only got, I think, three golden certificates. Um, whereas uh, with the original 100 smugglers tokens, I got two gold certificates. Well, and see, that's the, the bonus to not buying the kingpin ones is that you get a, a better chance if you have to get the feeling lucky buff. You know, so that's why you start with the other ones and then you move to the other one. But The feeling um, lucky has never worked for me. I know. I hear you, man. Um, but going back to what we were talking about a second ago, Arjar in the chat. What's up, dude? Um, yes, we are hopefully going to have somebody uh, streaming that via Periscope. That is the goal. Um, worst case scenario, um, I'm going to give someone my phone and and they'll Periscope it. But the goal is to Periscope the event just like last year. Um, I'm hoping to talk uh, Master Lou into doing that again this year. Who did it last year? So uh, hopefully you'll or be able to see us and hear us. Yeah, at the very least, I could... Uh, ass- on the laptop and we can twitch stream it yeah totally uh all right man so what did i do this week uh i'm sorry you spent a lot of credits um hopefully you get something soon <laughs> anyway yeah I, st- I still need the rancor i need the gamorian i need the new speeder i need the other new speeder uh i need everything you need all the things uh so extra life kickoff like i said um it was a ton of fun that's basically what i did this week i streamed for about four hours it was a lot of fun um, but otherwise, uh, yeah, I just bought a few things using my, I had some certificates, uh, left from the nightlife event from last year. So I bought the, the cool little, um, deco, uh, the light up the floor dance deco. So I, I got that. I have a couple of those. So yeah, so yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm, I want to spend some yeah, time decorating my things. stronghold. I bought those three things about the floor, the mic stand and the other thing to, to finish that achievement. Oh, good. But that's the only thing I've been able to buy. That's cool. All right, man. So shall we get to some news? Uh, absolutely. I got to get the hang of this. Okay. So, uh, so there was some change in the latest pack. Um, some people were giving some complaints about, uh, pack. So let me open this up. What was actually kind of cool about the first couple of posts I have in here is, uh, somebody basically put out suggestions for two different, two new packs. So, um, they basically put packs out there that says, uh, personnel, uh, for people who are after decorations um, and ambience packs um, on a specific theme. So <laughs> this is actually kind of cool. And and like I said, they put some pictures in here um, for some examples. Um, and then the next post I have in here is very similar. And, and people were basically putting suggestions out there. And the team has been writing back saying, hey, that's good. I'll go back to the art team or something like that. Um, yeah, that, I mean, it's always good. I mean, if you ever have suggestions, send them in. 
Well, and but the the thing is, man, we've been in this community a long time, and a lot of times people have suggestions, but nothing ever happens, or the devs don't acknowledge that they got it. So um, Keith actually well, wrote wrote back on the next one saying, "I'll ask Charles to review it and get back to you." And this one had to do with um, uh, suggestions to just general things to add to the game, which is pretty cool. And I'll find the post while you talk. Yeah, well, I mean. I mean, these are these are obviously like quality of life suggestions, right? Or just things to change things up, and it wouldn't be that much different than what they have now. It's just like writing a little bit of code. But like the main suggestions that most people have is like, it's time for more ops, or it's time for more. You know, that's the kind of suggestions they normally get. That's not suggestions. That's just berating. Yeah, which I like about what I like about this post is um, he says they're all very specific. So quests to add on Darvanus. Um, to expand things there, a vendor with weapons, stuff like that, uh, new decorations vendor to Zyost, um, uh, new decorations and, uh, and that kind of thing. I just thought it was, it's kind of nice to see like suggestions that are not just like, give me more of this. It's like very specific these, things, these are, you know, these are very specific and you can do things, you can do each of them very small. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. it's not like saying, you know, put uh, a year's worth of development into a new op, you know, it's like. You know, here, throw a new vendor on a on a planet. I mean, that's pretty easy. Right. What I like what was also funny though is add new playable species, Nautilin. And and underneath it says the species is the most requested for the for two years. I just thought that was funny. You had to get a little one in there, right? Um Yeah, but that's a hard one to do. <laughs> it is. Um solo mode for can under siege and Lost Island flashpoints. Um put a hard mode in Color Code War games, stuff like that. I mean, these are just a little bit this is a long post. Um, and I'm not going to read all of it, but I just thought it was kind of nice that the devs are acknowledging people that um, are actually putting out pretty decent ideas, which I thought was cool. You know, Color Code War, War Games is the only minor flashpoint that I've never finished. Yeah, because it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> yes, and I've only been able to try solving it because nobody else wants to do it with me. Uh, yeah, and I don't think that I don't think you can actually solo that, can you? Uh, I didn't get out of the the first bit, so no. yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what that's that's not even a thing. Um, all right, so there's another one here, uh, very similar. One second, uh, let me find the original post here. Um, a cosmetic uh, edition. I didn't read this one actually. Oh, player. The idea is players codexes. It would be like a separate tab for the player codex screen where a player could have two options. First uh, would be to write their own codex about their character, and they could include a backstory, um, origin, etc. And they could write their own tune story there. Um, and the second feature would be a sub-tab uh, where players can collect other players' stories. I think that's kind of interesting, and that would be kind of more on the RP side, which I think is cool. That's definitely more on the RP side, but I think it, I don't think it would necessarily be like where the codex is now uh, in the mission screen. Um, I think it would it definitely have to be in the legacy screen. Yeah, it probably wouldn't work there. But yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I like that the conversations are happening and that we're talking about it. And that means like people, people want to just be heard, man. And that's kind of the bottom line, you know, that is a, that's a good point. All right. So let's see, what is this one about? Um, I read all these like a week ago. These came out basically the day after we recorded last. Um, oh, there was some response. Remember we talked last week about Charles Boyd's story, uh, post, about how feedback works. Yes. Um, so obviously people got all worked up about it. And he said, story is personal, emotional experience by design. So feeling about it, 
feelings about it run high and can be polarizing. It's impossible to change an experience like that retroactively through arguments or debates. So I'd urge everyone to be respectful, share your thoughts and not make it about being right or wrong. So um, he kind of goes on as a point of clarification. When I mentioned that we condensed the story based on feedback, it was not that we felt this overall story of coffee monthly chapters received poorly. Um, but it was the pacing of the story. So, and we talked about this last week where they condensed it because people didn't want to wait, but also because they didn't want to wait to get their companions and um, it, it, they felt like it kind of dragged out a little bit. Yeah, I definitely understand the pacing issue because, uh, um, yeah, it, it definitely has pacing issues. Yeah, but then they took that feedback into consideration and then changed it, which I think is important. Um, yep. So we're not going to cover this today. Um, there are plenty of other podcasts, including um, uh, Sotor Escape podcast uh, that they've been talking about this stuff um, as they've been coming out. But the class changes, um, Virulent Sniper slash Dirty Fighting, Gunslinger and Madness Sorcerer and uh, Balanced Sage. Those class changes have been put out there, um, including some back and forth a little bit with the devs about this uh, force negative thing that has to do with the Sorcerer. I didn't dive into it because class changes are not a thing I focus on very much, but there are plenty of other yeah, shows that are covering it. Um, so I just, I include the links in the show notes if you want to get into that conversation, but if you really care about this stuff, you probably already are. Um, but I mean, they're going to make these changes, um, whether they be, um, perceived as a lot of people, what they're kind of saying is, um, they're kind of taking the nerf bat, um, to some of this stuff, but Again, like we talked about last week, they can't just bring everybody up because that's going to skew the balance of the game in general. So exactly, um, I've always personally thought that that gunslinger was a little underpowered. Yeah, um, the the one spec is the marksman, I think, uh, or whatever the equivalent is. Uh, that one is still uh, underpowered, and that's they're going to change that. I think roadmap questions, and this is still that same thread that we've been talking about for the last few weeks. Um, exactly. Which, which I think is cool a good thing because it just means that it's an ongoing conversation, which is what they want. Indeed. So one of the things, uh, one question is, has there ever been talk about adding some of the retired or unavailable cartel, um, cartel mini pets to the cartel coin, uh, card concierge vendor on the fleet. Um, and I don't know. And, and basically he said, good question. I'll someone look into it, but certain exclusive pets will likely be made, uh, unlikely to be made available. So this is cartel card. Mi- this is cartel card mini pets. I don't know what that is. Uh, neither do I. There's a link. I'm opening it up. Multi. Uh, bada, bada, bada. Oh, interesting. This is. Um, oh, these were very limited time things. I think they were for the DVL event. But I'm not 100 percent sure. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. Anyway, so yeah, I, I doubt they'll bring those back, but you know. I mean, I'm sure if, you know, a couple of years from now, they might just slap it on the GTN, you know, <laughs> or not GTN, yeah, uh, cartel market. Yeah, probably. There was another post about add-ons people, you know, and again, this has to do with the roadmap and add-ons. A lot of games have uh, add-ons, uh, third party add-ons, I guess is the focus here. Um, and somebody basically said, look, I don't, you know, that invites a lot of bugs and people hacking and stuff. And they said, yeah, it does, which is why we're not doing it. <laughs> um, uh, can you give me one for example? Um, you know, like there are companies where, um, like, I I don't know if wow does it. I know that some MMOs do it to where, um, there's an add on you can, you can install into the game where it'll help you do certain things. Um, whether it be like guild stuff 
or organization things or um, chat options, stuff like that. Um, oh, I got and, you. Okay. And, and those are like just things that you can just kind of install into the game from a third party developer um, where anybody can make it. But again, that it kind of invites people to hack the game, which and a game this complex, they're, they're, they've already said they're not going to do it a long, long time ago. Um, so I don't, I, they're not going to change their mind. <laughs> no, absolutely. That makes perfect sense. Um, a couple last things here. Uh, one of the other roadmap questions was, you know, obviously there was discussion of starting to work on other parts of the game and people are like, well, the operation is not finished. Why are you diverting your production to that? Um, you know, and really what it comes down to is that, you know, it's an ongoing process. So they want to start working on other things too. Um, and the ops not going to get done much faster regardless, you know, an op takes a lot of work. So, it does. And, you know, it might be at a, a certain time in the thing where, you know, you don't need as many like artists on it. It's now on to, you know, other things. So, you, you know, the team will change regardless. Exactly. Um, there was a bug with um, something not being unlocked in collections on, in, in the new pack is C8-SC3 uh, droid, I think, not being able to unlock in collections. I think they're working on that. And yeah, new, uh, yeah actually, I. I Look at this thread, and it's a new companion droid that was not unlocking collections, and Musco responded and said it is now fixed. Oh, cool! Yeah, and I I have a couple of the companion droids. I kind of like them. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I like all of those droids. I like all the companions. Honestly, I like having a lot of companions for some reason. It's dumb, but I have like on my main like six companions to level fifty, which is funny. That's ridiculous. I don't think I, th- I don't think I have one to fifty yet. Oh, I just throw credits at until it happens. Anyway. Um, so also somebody was asking for an official conquest, uh, schedule for the week and they put it out, which is kind of cool. I'm not going to run through it, but it's out there. Yeah. It's, it's been so long since I've actually tried to finish a conquest, but people, but people want to know when it's going to be like a crafting one or it's going to be an ops heavy one and stuff like that. And so having the schedule is cool and they, they have kind of come out and said they're going to commit to keeping up with it. So I think that's important. Well, that's good. Yeah. At least giving a, a general, um, theme of the the week that that's good indeed so a couple quick discussion topics the uh harbinger i just thought this was funny a harbinger hamster dying this morning and the only reason i put this in a discussion topic is because that was the morning of our extra life event up until like an hour or so before we started like the harbinger was failing and that was the server we were going to do all our extra life stuff on (laughs) yeah but they came back and it was all fine, but it was just one of those things. But I just thought that was funny. Uh, and this was uh, the Dread Warlord uh, pack changes. And this is actually cool. I'm going to spend a minute on this because I want to talk about this. Sounds good. So uh, with the last cartel market pack, we made some changes to how drops work. This is Eric Musco talking. Uh, new pack items only contain silver or higher rating. We talked about this a few weeks ago. And the feedback um, they heard was pretty quickly from many of you is that due to those changes, packs didn't feel quite rewarding enough when you open them. So going forward, this next, the Dread Warlord pack contains some changes we hope uh, will address the feedback. So again, this goes back to people saying this isn't working and them trying to make a change. So each pack will now contain five slots instead of the previous four. And here's what the slots are going to look like. Uh, the first one is a guaranteed new pack item. And this items are silver rarity or higher. Any, um, uh, the second slot, any cartel market item of any quality of any rarity up to platinum 
Armor sets will drop as complete sets, and, dran- and grand chance cubes can drop in this slot. Uh, number three, any cartel market item of bronze or silver rarity. Armor sets will drop as complete sets, and the same as before with the grand chance cubes. Uh, number four, you get a companion gift. Number five, you get Java scraps. So um, basically, you do you could still get, I guess, two grand chance cubes, but you're getting a little more bang for your buck, which I think is kind of cool. Exactly. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Okay, so the next thing we have, release date for 5.3. Um, and basically, they put when they put their maintenance schedule out, they are basically saying 5.3 is coming. Uh, the fun part about this post is how they did it. Let me let me open this up. He said, uh, Eric said, I'm working on getting the July schedule maintenance sticky up either today or tomorrow. And this was uh, this was two days ago. And he said, we'll have the date for 5.3 in it. Spoiler alert, it's July 11th, <laughs> which I thought was funny. <laughs> That's so July, yeah. So July 11th, dude, we're gonna get 5.3, which is pretty cool. It's happening nice. pretty quick, and yeah, uh, so that's the same thing. And then the last thing is they opened one more discussion topic thread, and again, they keep opening these threads to keep the dialogue going with the community, which I think is super was really a lot different than it has been. Um, I think they're just okay with opening the floodgates and letting people kind of just throw their stuff out there. So this discussion topic has to do with bolster changes in in PvP. I didn't dive too deep into it because I don't PvP much, but if you have bolster issues, definitely check that out. Um, and they're looking to change how that works. Uh, there has been some beef with that for some time, I know. So, I mean, I just think this on top of all the other threads and how the feedback's uh, uh, taken and all that, I think we're going in a really good uh, positive uh, feedback loop, I guess I should say, um, yeah, with I the agree. developers. I mean- yeah, I, I don't PvP as well, and uh, but it's always nice when they're at least communicating what they're thinking. Indeed. All right, man. So we are about to get to Star Wars. Anything else, Sword Tour wise, uh, community wise, or anything else you saw out there this week? Uh, no, not at all. I'm just uh, enjoying being able to play this summer. Oh crap! I did forget something. Um, there is uh, one of the lead writers is moving on. I just thought I'd throw that oh, out there. Really? I didn't have a link in the show notes for it. Um, and he's not a name I recognize, but um, it was on Twitter. And I don't have the link uh, right in front of me right now. But he is moving on to bigger and better things. Um, he also worked on Anthem a little bit as well, um, which I think is kind of cool. Um, but it, like I said, I didn't recognize the name. But I think it's just because they are just really not working on story heavily right now. And he probably had a better opportunity. Um, exactly. I'm projecting a little bit. but um, But, you know, the gaming industry is one of those things where... People move companies and move jobs quite a bit, so uh, we wish uh, him the best of luck. And I and I and I forgot his name sadly, but I'll bring it up at some point and we'll talk about it. So I'll talk about it next week. All right, buddy, let's get to Star Wars. We got some pretty cool stuff this week, man. I'm excited. Let's let's get to the bumper. Sounds good. Let's get going. I was raised to do one thing, but I've got nothing to fight for. Stand in our way. I will finish what you started. Uh, in Star Wars news this week, my friend, uh, we have several discussion topics I just can't wait to talk to you about. We have um, Mark Hamill, obviously, at the top of the list, getting his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which I'm very surprised he doesn't have one already. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's about time. Yeah, about time, about time. 
Um, and Han Solo, uh, <laughs> so this says, okay, so I like this post. We're going to talk about some more Han Solo drama later, but Ron Howard was talking about his initial thoughts after seeing Star Wars and I have a post, uh, a link here in the show notes. Uh, there was one quote I want to pull out of this here. Give me one sec. Okay. Don't judge me. All the time. Thanks, buddy. All right. So we have, he basically said, um, I was so moved by the movie. I was transported by the movie. Excuse me. We literally left almost speechless. Yeah, this is when you saw the original one, right? Yeah, and he said he had it. The film had such an impact on him. The two immediately got in line again, only to wait 90 minutes for the second round. So, I mean, and this is somebody who obviously is, you know, friends and, and a colleague with uh, with George Lucas and um, and obviously wrapped up in, in Lucasfilm for a long time. And I, I think the passing of the guard here is is it's going to be okay, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think Ron Howard's going to do a great job, and he's also very, uh, um, very respectful to whatever he's working on. Exactly, he is. Um, but we'll talk more about that later. I just I liked what he had to say about watching Star Wars. I mean, all of us. I mean, all of us Star Wars fans have probably felt that way about a Star Wars movie at some point. You know. Yeah, for me, it was Phantom Menace. Right, and you're you're a big Phantom Menace fanboy, <laughs> and you have written many a blog post. And have stood, I mean, but think about it though. All joking aside, we we waited in line for a long time for those first couple movies, did we not? Oh, we did. <laughs> and I've watched, I've rewatched them since with the kids, and and it's it's not it's not as bad as it, as everybody makes it out to be. But it's just it's just not no, as good, not. I guess, as everything else. But it is what it is. All right, man. So let's talk about this. Uh, I actually watched this earlier, and I really like this the Star Wars show. I keep highlighting it. Um, it's um it's a cool little very short form uh YouTube deal from starwars.com basically with um they interviewed Ashley Eckstein um talking about Forces of Destiny yep. and um they talked about Star Wars Rebels uh season 3 coming to Blu-ray they had a little clip from one of the um from one of the uh featurettes on there which is pretty cool um yeah I'm actually more I I don't know I'm more intrigued about season 3 um Rebels on Blu-ray only because uh, because I watched that, but also there's going to be some really cool little tidbits in there, I think. Yeah, I think so, too, especially since, you know, they've already announced that it's going to be the last season. So, you know, they're going to be having some behind the scenes stuff about that coming up. Indeed. So what do you got here about the Saturn Awards, my friend? Uh, well, the Saturn Awards were last night. And the, as most people know, it's a, um, it's a genre specific um, movie awards show or uh, pop culture award show. And uh, they've been around for quite a while. Um, but uh Star Wars run won a couple. Uh, was uh, was the winner for best animated TV show, and Rogue nice. One won three awards. It won best sci fi film, best sci fi film director, and best visual effects. Oh, that's awesome, dude! That's really cool. Yeah, so that's a uh, um, yeah. It's good that they're still picking up some hardware. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is this next one's kind of big news. Uh, we talked about this months ago um, about the George Lucas Museum. Um, and yeah, the issues around that. Chicago, then it was San Francisco, then it was back to Chicago, then it was LA for a little bit, then San Francisco. And so where's it ended up? Uh, it's going to end up in LA. Um, LA city council approved the plans for the museum. So that's where it's going to make its home, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I think it makes sense. I mean, it's Hollywood. I mean, San Francisco would also make sense, but it really wouldn't in San Francisco. Marin would make more sense, but it, it has to be in LA. 
Yeah, I, I was thinking that too. I was like, well, the Bay Area does, especially Marin makes a lot more sense because considering that's where he is, but, um, but it's Los Angeles. It's Hollywood. Um, you know, people are going down there for Disneyland and stuff already. You might as well. Uh, that makes a lot more sense to me. So exactly. Uh, the next story I threw in just just for giggles. <laughs> uh, so George Lucas went out to dinner, I guess, and got hounded by some uh, autograph hunters, right? And uh, he signed a couple of them, I guess. But uh, somebody was filming him, and he said, you know, they just need to get a job. They're just in it to make money, which I thought was kind of funny because he's right. I mean, he's like he basically said they're not fans. Um, you know, the people that see someone like George Lucas and they're not like, gush, you know, you and me, there's not a chance I would sell that autograph, especially if it was oh, like God, for no. $200 or whatever it's going for. Right. But if I got George Lucas's signature, it'd be up on my wall above my computer so I can look at it every day. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, and, and so he's, he's kind of talking smack about him, but at the same time, I don't think he minds doing stuff like that unless if they're for fans, not just people trying to, you know, get it on eBay. Yeah, and there's also more respect. I mean, when someone's eating dinner, don't interrupt. I mean, if you see them and they're, like, walking on the street or something, you know, something where it's something innocuous like that, that's a little bit different. But the most respectful way is to go through their publish or the publicist and just write them a letter. Yeah, and and a lot of these uh, signatures, I don't know if Lucas is on this, on this, but, you know, uh, our, our friend Josh, he writes letters to – people he's his classroom is a history teacher um and his classroom is littered with uh uh autographs from astronauts and movie stars and uh musicians and stuff because he just wrote them a letter <laughs> and they sent it back you know exactly and also like you don't ask people i mean like especially at, like comic-con you don't ask people for autographs there because you know if they were going to be there to sign autographs they'd be up in the autograph pavilion but on the other hand, you have somebody awesome like um, Nathan Fillion, who one year, a few years ago, understood that people wanted autographs and he just didn't have time to stop. So he actually made these pre-made cards. Oh, that's that awesome. Like business cards. And um, and he pre-wrote them. And they all had like a signature on the, on the inside. And it said, uh, it was wonderful to meet you. <laughs> and he <laughs> that's said, sweet. Like, like he says, I'm in such a but here you go. And he was able to hand them out to the people that stopped him. Yeah, and I think that has the forethought. Uh, involved uh to where it's like i know i don't have time to give you the attention you need but here i thought about this ahead of time so this is for you kind of thing i thought that's yeah, i think that's cool tell that somebody you can tell somebody with a lot of con experience exactly um should we get to some last jedi news dude always uh last jedi is gonna wrap post-production soon which i mean obviously needs to happen pretty quick right yeah, usually you're, you get post-production to wrap up about the time that the TV spots start coming out, and that's about what should be happening this coming month. So Yeah, yeah. so that's good. I'm looking forward to that. And I think at D23, we should get uh, the last trailer, from what I understand. Yeah, the last major trailer should come out at D23. Yeah, and I cannot wait for that. Um, Adam Driver says The Last Jedi creates new rules for the franchise. And now here's... This is one of those pieces where I threw in here because it's not a lot, but it's actually kind of interesting. Um, let me open this up. There was one quote I wanted to pull from this. Yeah. So uh, one of the things he says is uh, Ryan Johnson created new rules for the Star Wars universe and balanced the familiar and unfamiliar very adeptly while respecting that his audience can handle ambiguity, which you can see in his previous films, characters and story uh, are his priority um, is something that uh, Adam Driver said. What's interesting is he's kind of alluding to the fact that there may or may not be gray. They probably won't call it gray Jedi, but 
we know what's going on with Luke and Ray, sort of, you know, and he has that quote, it's time for the Jedi to end. So the reason I put this in here, I was thinking, are you, do you think that they're going to go the gray Jedi route? Um, I was actually talking with somebody about this last week because somebody's asked me kind of a little bit about uh, The Last Jedi. And I didn't want to give away any spoilers, so I kind of just I kind of said what I thought was going to happen. I, was like, I just think Luke is going towards a Force-neutral um, aspect of the Force. Right. And, but what I mean, what I think um, uh, Adam Driver is saying about the rules getting changed, uh, new rules for the franchise, it's like I think we might see a light side or a force neutral Jedi wielding a red lightsaber or something. Oh, like, yeah. Like j- normal rules that you have, like all, you know, Sith are the only ones that use red and light side the only one that use blue and stuff like that. It's like, uh, I think those are the type of rules that are changing. Yeah. All these things that we are, I guess, conditioned, I guess is probably the best word for it. Uh, we're conditioned to think that this is star Wars. Like I would like some of those. I wouldn't mind if those things start shifting a little bit, um, it opens up, it opens up the stories a lot more, which I think would be pretty cool. Absolutely. So we're in um, Han Solo now, okay, and we're gonna we're gonna touch on a little bit of last week's Han Solo drama with the shifting of directors, right? Um, Edgar Wright apparently he was on the um short list, I suppose, of people to take over for Han Solo. What he said was really interesting. Um, and let me open this up. Actually, I have a couple of thoughts on this. So once you yeah. finish this, I want to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so one of the things he said, he said, uh, Edgar Wright told Digital Spy that um, he would never have done it, obviously. He would have declined it uh, because those guys are friends, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. And he says, no, they're friends of mine. I would never do that. Also, having been in that situation myself, the idea of finishing someone else's movie is not something I would do on an ethical level. So thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean... I, th- I think I think that's a, a, a good way out for him to say it, that it's because of friends and stuff, but I honestly think it's his style, right? Because Edgar Wright is, like, a mainstream independent person, right? Even things that he does that are series, like the, the Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy um, that he did with uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, so, um, uh, you know, Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead and right, okay. uh, the World's End. Yep. You know, they were all from his mind, him and Simon, Simon Pegg's mind. And then he just came out with Baby Driver. He's done other stuff. But you got to remember, he was originally signed on to do Ant-Man. And I right. just think working for Marvel or Lucasfilm would put him in too much of a box. And he likes to say, okay, well, I'm taking, like, for example, Baby Driver's coming out this week or tomorrow. And it's a it's basically a heist film, but he's uber stylized with it. And he changes it so it's not just a heist film. Right. And I think he would be just too uh, hemmed in um, by working for a major corporation that has uh, long-term ideals. Interesting. Yeah, I, th- I think you're. I think you're right there, man. Um, I think this. I think we're kind of, and we're getting to a different a point here. I, I have an article at the end here that I think kind of sums up this whole Han Solo debacle. But let's con- let's continue going forward here. So, um, Ron Howard basically tweeted. I'm beyond grateful to add my voice to the Star Wars universe after being a fan since, you know, 52577. And I hope to honor the great work already done and help deliver on the promise of a Han Solo film. Obviously, he wouldn't say much different than that. But at the same time, because of what we've been talking about already, um, I think I think it's going to be okay because Ron Howard's at the helm, right? 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, as I said with Edgar Wright, that he's such a style, he has such an individual style. Ron Howard grew up in Hollywood, so he knew, he, he and he knew very young that he wanted to be a director. So he learned at the knee of, you know, George Lucas and, um, uh, uh, I'm, uh, Coppola. um, no, Marshall, uh, Frank Marshall. Oh, okay. Right? There we go. Yeah, and, and and all these people and Peggy and Peggy Marsh and all these people that w- that were that started before him that he is has such a wide skill set when it comes to directing that he can fit into anything and so he actually it's like it, to kind of say Edgar Wright has like a specific toolbox and so he plays well in certain in certain uh, toolkits right yeah whereas Ron Howard has a huge toolbox so he can be in any shop. That makes sense. Um, so there was also some stuff around um, Alan, Alden Ironreich's performance in the film as well. I don't know if you've been... Did you catch wind of any of this? You know, I've kind of like tried to steer away from this. I mean, honestly, just because Alden Iron- Ironreich wasn't my first choice. Right. So I just kind of like didn't want to hear of any like drama. with. I just wanted to wait until the movie came out and I could you know, judge his performance then. Because at this point, they're not going to... I mean, it's very, very rare that you change up, especially this late in filming. I mean, the yeah. big one that you can think of is when Eric Stoltz was pulled out of Back to the Future and replaced with Michael J. Fox. Uh-huh. That was only after, like, three weeks. This has been three months into shooting, and so it's much different. Yeah, and I, I think the talk is not necessarily to replace him, but um, I think uh, on the heels of replacing the directors and maybe the tone of the film is changing a bit... Um, there's reports, I guess, of him getting um, Lucasfilm decided to bring uh, in an acting coach, which is not terribly unusual. But I think like what you said, uh, this late in the game, it is a little unusual. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit unusual. It also could be that maybe he doesn't pull off uh, Lord Miller's type of comedy. And so that's why he was looking uncomfortable in any dailies, whereas now Ron Howard might actually be able to bring out his performance. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Um, all right, so let's get to the last couple of things. I want to let go of the Han Solo drama here pretty quick here. Um, there's a, a loophole, I guess, uh, that that means we might get a director's cut from what it originally was, only because, uh, let me see if I can get the times right. Hold on one second. Uh, and this isn't unheard of. I mean, about, I want to say it was almost 10 years ago, Exorcist was doing a movie and, um, they really didn't like the original cut. And so they actually brought in a new director and he reshot the entire film. And so you had um, two different Exorcist films that came out within 12 months of each other where the original, the same premise, but totally different films. And um, they were able to release both versions. And even though they were done, you know what I mean? It's very very rare, but that sort of thing does happen. Yeah, so basically what this says is um, because their dismissal from the film uh, is so late, they may be able to exercise a little known new, a little known loophole in the rules established by the Directors Guild of America. Union that protects directors' rights on film production that states that a director who is replaced after directing 90% um, but less than 100% of the scheduled principal photography of any motion picture shall be the director of the film entitled to all the post-production creative rights set forth. So that means we could possibly maybe sort of get a director's cut of those guys' film, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, 
with the Exorcist, they were needing money. So I understand why they would have done two different versions like that. This is a little bit different, and it's not something uh, so similar like doing Logan and Logan War. It's I, I think I, I think it would be very very unlikely that it happens just because uh, Lucasfilm wouldn't want to mess with canon uh, regularities. No, yeah, I have no doubt. I mean, th- I don't think there's any chance of it actually happening, but um, it'd be really interesting to see see it pop up later, maybe or something. You know, I don't know. Yeah, if they were to release it as like a non-canon special uh, thing on uh, the 20th anniversary Blu-ray or something or whatever, it yeah, is then yeah, that I can possibly understand where it would be something that is like hidden in dark corners, like the Christmas special. Yeah, indeed. Um, so. Real quick, before we get out of the Han Solo stuff, the Disney CEO actually comes came out and talked about, um, and this is Bob Iger, obviously, and he says, um, <laughs> he was talking to TMZ, and they're like, oh my god, is it doomed? And he's all, first of all, we have a great cast, we have a great script, and we have a great director. It's going to be fine. I'm very excited. <laughs> Which, of course, he's going to say that no matter what. Um, and he denied, what is this? He says, Ron Howard is stepping in. Oh, this was before Ron Howard took over. And he says that Lucasfilm, we believe the highest uh, goal of each film is to delight, carrying forward the spirit of the saga that George Lucas began 40 years ago. And that was Kathleen Kennedy. So, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I just yeah, think plus, people are jumping you know, the gun already, a bit. Yeah, you know, and they've already had to put in at least 100 to $150 million into this. They're not going to scrap it. Yeah, there's no chance they're going to scrap it, for sure. Okay, so speaking of, there's uh, apparently a sizzle reel out there, and the and the Disney execs Disney execs are pretty stoked about it. Uh, I was kind of hoping we would get a sizzle reel, uh, maybe a little closer to you know San Diego or something, or uh, around D twenty three, but I don't think that's going to happen now with all this. Huh? Um, I wouldn't doubt if a sizzle reel were to come out, but if anything, it's probably going to be more like. Um, the Force Awakens uh, original teaser trailer that came out um, right before Comic Con a few years ago that it was there was no visuals to it. It was a logo, a couple of lines, and some words. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Um, so let's just get past all of the drama part and just talk about casting. Apparently, Amelia Clark, um, who is in the film, and I'm I'm not I can't place her. I meant to look it up beforehand. Do you remember who she is? She's, yeah, she's from Daenerys Targaryen. Which one? She's Khaleesi. That's what I thought. Okay. I knew she was from Game of Thrones. I just didn't remember the name. Um, so apparently she's saying her role. I mean, everybody's going to say this. She's all I can say is that she's awesome. Clark explained like legit. That's all I can actually get away with saying. There's a stormtrooper with a gun and he's going to come walking in any second, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, so <laughs> I can't wait to see her in this movie. To be honest with you. Yeah, we well, just her. know she's going to be a badass character. So I'm, I'm looking forward to well, that. She, yeah, she's a badass across the board. So there we are. And the last cool thing is there's rumors that Jabba the Hutt is going to be in the Han Solo movie, which um, I would be weirded out if he wasn't, to be honest with you. Yeah, exactly. It totally makes sense because, I mean, he's so, such, so ingrained into Solo's backstory. And he's already been in episode one. Uh, right. So there's already... Uh, uh, a precedent for him being an earlier uh, in the saga. Yeah, but when we pick up Han Solo's story, I mean, that is who he's running from and who he's trying to pay. You know what I mean? So to get to from the Han Solo film to the for uh, I almost said the Force Awakens to A New Hope, 
and not know what's going on there and how that started, I think that'd be kind of weird. So that has to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, if they if they were to do what what, what I'm kind of hoping that they do with this is the same thing they did with Rogue One, is that it ties in directly to where it comes in, you know, because like at the end of Rogue One, it was right into where oh, it was right there. Yeah, hope starts right. I would like Han Solo's movie to end up with him at the Mos Eisley Cantina. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. I would love that. I'm with you, dude. If that doesn't happen, now I'm gonna be bummed. Yeah, and like the funny thing is, like you could do that where he's sitting there, and like you might have double standing in, so you might see. Uh, like just people stand-ins for Obi Wan and Luke at the bar, and Greedo sits down, and that's the end of the movie. Ah, uh, that'd be awesome, dude. Uh, I would love to see that. All right, man. So let's get to some episode nine. Just one thing, um, and this has to do with Colin Trevorrow talking about um how they're gonna keep uh Carrie Fisher's soul alive in episode nine. Um, and he says she had a major role in the film. And it's something we had to deal with emotionally at first. Um, now that we've had to deal with it in a very practical ways um, and in form of storytelling, we know it is going to honor her and keep her soul alive. But it is an unfortunate reality that we're going to have to handle. And um, he also added, it's been tough emotionally and logistically. We'll figure that part out. But she was very important to the Star Wars family. And that was the hardest part. So um, you can tell there's some sadness there. But at the same time, he's trying to think logistically and say, okay, so what are we going to do about this? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we've been talking about this ever since she passed on and, and how logistically it's going to be hardest for him to deal with in episode nine. Yeah. Um, and you know, we're just going to have to take their, their talent um, and just say, Hey, they're, they're going to do it and we'll just figure out how it happens. Yeah, exactly. So um, let's move on to some animated TV stuff. Uh, Force of Destiny, which we talked about in trailer time day. We watched the trailer for that. Actually, we watched it right at the beginning of this uh, uh, segment, too. So you can catch it on uh, Twitch or YouTube. Um, and so we've got uh, this is happening next week. Uh, what is the 3rd of July, I think, on YouTube? No, it's going to be on the 6th on YouTube and the 9th on Disney. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So it's Force of Destiny, and this has to do with the heroines of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, so is this the new one that the Filoni's doing, or is this something separate? You know, I'm not 100% sure who's who's showrunning this, to be honest with you. Um, but this has to do... This is the trailer we just watched, though. So I don't know. Let me open this up and see uh, who's running this. Because that's a good point. I didn't think about um, if it was Filoni or not. Uh, let's see. It, it's got everybody's voices. Uh, Tia Sirkar, Felicity Jones, Lupita Nyong'o, Daisy Ridley, etc. Um, it's going to be on the Disney Channel. Uh, YouTube on the third, and then yeah, July third on on third. YouTube, and then July 9th on the Disney Channel. Maz Kanata is gonna narrate it. Um, let's see if we can find out who the showrunners are. I didn't even look into this. Two part TV, blah blah. blah. Doesn't say who's running this one. At least not from this uh, article. Hang on. Yeah, you'll find out. I'm gonna move on to the next one. But yeah, uh, I'm excited about this. My kids are gonna love this one, dude. They love every single one of these women, and it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch an animated series that's focused on them, um, which I think is neat. You know? Yeah, absolutely. All right, gaming news. Uh, Visceral Star Wars game uh, gets even more detail, a little more detail, not a lot, but this is the one that came off of uh, that we thought we were gonna get something about on E3, but didn't. Uh, and, and when 1313 got canceled, right, right, right. Uh, the one thing I wanted to pick out of this is 
we get the main character um, whose name is Dodger. Okay. And then we have another, she'll serve not only to help. Okay. So this time around, we learn a little more about this character named Robbie Mattox, who will be the, uh, at the center of the story, according to the site. She'll serve not only as helpful to Dodger, but also a possible lead character for a follow-up in the future. And the breakdown is Robbie Mattox is a woman in her early thirties. That is Dodger's partner in crime. She's a gunslinger with an attitude and is one of the only people Dodger can trust, both personally and in a fight. We cannot understate her importance to the series being laid out right now as she's a star. She's our other main hero. Supposedly, the plan is to have her take center stage in a sequel down the road, which I think is pretty cool. Um, And again, like other Star Wars things, Robbie's parents were killed when she was young. She grew up an orphan on 1313 after being taken in by a wandering star crime family. Um, which is interesting because um, the mention of 1313, that was the mature rated Star Wars adventure that was supposed to be released years ago, but got canceled when um, the Disney purchase happened. So anyway, that's all we know about that. Um, I just looked up Forces of Destiny and there's actually no uh, no crew credits except for Jennifer Monroe doing the writing. And she comes from DC Superhero Girls. Yeah, huh. interesting. Yeah, we'll have to you know look into that a little bit more, I guess. Sounds good. All right, man. So, uh, what do you think of Visceral's game? Are you excited about that one at all? That's more up, or, yeah, up I mean, your was, alley. Yeah, I mean, I was looking forward to thirteen thirteen. I was upset that that got canceled when when Lucasfilm got sold. But you know, any any new uh, good story content is good. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so we have a couple Battlefront two things, and we're almost out of Star Wars. Um, Apparently, the protagonist in the new novel saw both Death Stars explode, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, I'm looking forward to reading that book. I'm reading yeah, a absolutely. lot of books right now, so I'm excited about that. Um, and then there's some details, and I'm not going to dive into it today, but um, there's some Battlefront 2 details on microtransactions and customizations and stuff, um, and I have a link in the show notes to that. Um, I'd like to talk about that more next week when we have a little more time. Uh, well, actually, not next week. It'll be the week after next, which I, which I meant to talk about at the top of the show because I will not be here next week. Moving on. All right. So merchandise. Um, I put the San Diego Comic-Con exclusives in here this week. Um, and the main reason being is because um, they're Comic-Con exclusives and they're amazing. Uh, the first one is from actualstarwars.com. And, um, oh, man, some of the stuff is cool. Actually, most of the stuff I was going to talk about later is in here. There's some socks. Uh, there is, uh, some pins, which is why I put this in here. Cause I know you like pins, um, and some wallets yes, and wallets and backpacks and stuff like that. So, um, all this stuff is going to be, um, coming up at Comic-Con, which is cool. Yeah, this is very cool. And I love the, uh, the, the special edition, uh, book cover of, uh, uh, Inferno Squad they have. Yeah, exactly. Um, and this is actually, um, here, let me see if I can throw this over here real quick. Oh, yeah, that works out well. Okay, so this is actually um, STCC unofficial blogs post. Hallmark uh, has some cool stuff, and some of it is what we just saw. So here's a couple of the um, pens, which is pretty cool. Um, and then they're going to have some buttons at the booth as well, which are pretty sweet. Um, and then a bunch of other stuff, too, that's not Star Wars related. So I just thought, I thought I, I, I know you like the pens. I like those kind of 8-bit kind of style. I think that's cool. Yeah, that's actually a um, the Hallmark set that that looks like the stuff is actually called PXL8, 
So it spells pixelate. Ah, nice. That's awesome. And also, it looks like her universe is going to be having a booth at Comic-Con, too. And uh, there's going to be an uh, AT-80 raincoat, a classic athletic pullover, and the Star Wars classic Skywalker ringer tee. Nice. You're you're breaking up a little bit. Hopefully, we can get it on the back end. But um, so um, also, also, there's going to be a Nixon Boba Fett limited edition watch for twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, that watch. I didn't even mention the watch because I mean, who has twenty five hundred dollars? But I mean, if you do, uh, it looks cool. Please buy that watch and give it to me. Um, so Zen, welcome, dude. What's <laughs> up? Uh, yeah, I think we kind of thought Filoni was doing Force of Destiny as well, but. I mean, uh, you were at you were at celebration, so if 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 they said it, uh, I'll I'll take your word for it, man, for sure. Let's get to our usual roundup, man, and we got a ton of stuff to talk about this week. Um, it'll all go pretty quick, but um, yeah, it's one of those weeks. A lot of news. I can't imagine any kind of future where I am a hero. Well, you're not. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. All right, so um, even though I have those things sitting over there right now, uh, let's do. I'm gonna throw this up over there. This is uh, this is just I don't have anywhere else to put stuff like this. So Super Nintendo, there's a classic edition edition coming out, and this is for me. Uh, oh, you did get your packages, nice. <laughs> I sent in some stuff. Uh, so Super awesome. Nintendo. Super Nintendo Classic Edition is coming out in September, and this makes me happy because this is the only system I don't have anymore because when I moved out of the house for some reason, I'm not bitter about it at all, my mom decided to just give it to the neighbor boy, and when I came back home, I was like, oh, can I get my Super Nintendo? I want to play some, you know, Street Fighter and stuff, and she's like, oh, I gave it to the neighbor boy. I was like, that's stupid. Why would you do that? So, but I mean, I have my Genesis, my original Nintendo, I have like every system I've ever owned, but um, anyway... So this is happening. Let me throw this up over here. It'd be cool, right? But it's like mini edition. Do you see? Do you see the little hand? See how small it is? Isn't that cute? Come on, tell me that's not awesome. Uh, I'm on a delay. Remember, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you're on a delay. That's right. I forgot. I see Star Fox. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's cool. And then I did a lot of scrolling, so that's yeah, not going to help you. Thing's tiny. It's so adorable. I want it so bad. Buy it for me. Is that the original Mario Kart? Yeah. Isn't that awesome? That is cool. Anyway. All right. Next. What do we have here? Uh, all right. So let's let's talk about this for a minute. Um, Geek and Sundry are, is near and dear to our hearts, of course. Um, and so there's this. It's called Sagas of Sundry, uh, colon, Dread. The, the reason I'm highlighting this is because Darren DePaul, our favorite person in the world, is hosting this thing and it's 60 seconds of him introducing this it's absolutely phenomenal i should have put it in trailer time but um and and this is one of those exclusive things to uh deacon sundry subscription deal and it's called team alpha and they're running a 60 yeah alpha's their subscription service that they do with uh um uh, smart girls and and a couple other things yeah and I'm thinking about doing it, and actually the deadline is tomorrow. By the time you hear this, it'll be too late. Hopefully you're listening live. But um, yeah, it was a 60-day free trial, um, and I think it's piggybacking on this this one launching. Uh, the intro is pretty darn cool, actually. Let me open this up real quick. I'm thinking about doing it just because it's badass, right? 
Yeah, well, remember last year at Comic-Con, when, uh, after we saw the uh, the interview for Yoga Hosers uh, before the movie, I subscribed to the the Screen Junkies, and they right. put out so much good content. So it, it's something similar to that, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to play, like, just five seconds of this, so just because Darren DePaul's voice is amazing. Any Swotor fans in the crowd, you're going to know. Right? Right? How crazy is that, right? Okay, that's pretty darn cool. And actually, he's totally channeling his inner in Vincent Price. Yeah, no, that's to- I was thinking the same. I was thinking the same exact thing, dude. Exactly. Um, no, I I only played a uh, a few seconds of it just because I for- I knew you were on a delay and then I forgot because I got excited and then I talked over it. So I apologize. Anyway, moving on. Uh, real reviews, man. Let's talk about Riverdale a little bit. Did you ever finish it? Uh, no, I still have a few episodes to go. Cool. So there's some set photos uh, of the cast dressed uh, for a wedding or maybe a funeral. So when you finish it, uh, you'll let me know what you think that is. How about that? Uh, I shall. <laughs> but Molly Ringwald, who shows up um, partway through the season, uh, she is going to return for season two, which I'm excited about. I love seeing her on the screen again. It's pretty cool. Awesome. And um, excuse me, did you watch, did you watch Sense8? I have not. It's uh, I keep seeing it on Netflix, but I haven't uh, had a chance to watch it yet. Well, the wife uh, watched it, and I think my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, and they all watched it. Um, and I think it got canceled. But they're also going to do a two-hour um, like wrap-up story event uh, next year at some point. So I'm actually going to check it out and watch it. Um, I don't have anything to watch when no one else is around at the moment. Uh, so I'm going to check it out. Um, I hear it's pretty good and it looks pretty cool. So I'm going to check it out. Yeah, that is cool. I, uh, actually, um, I just caught up with a show called Stitchers, which is pretty good. It's uh, I can't remember what channel it's on. I think it's on NBC, but uh, it runs during the summer and you can catch it on Hulu uh, day after uh, each episode airs. And they're in the middle of season three now. And the first two seasons were only about 10 episodes, and it's a really good show, so I've been watching that. Yeah, sweet. Awesome. Um, what else we got here, dude? Movies? Movies. Movies. Yeah, so evidently Mark Wahlberg is hoping that the latest Transformers film is going to help him get knighted, which I don't <laughs> think is going to happen. What, what's, but I, I think I, it... I, I, <laughs> Go ahead. I believe you have to be a British citizen to get knighted. Okay, you can be knighted. I, I, I thought this was really interesting. That's why I put it in here. You can be knighted, but you can't call yourself sir unless you're a British citizen. That's the loophole. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, but, I mean, are they going to knight him for Transformers? Come on. Uh, no, not so much. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. I would love to see Sir Mark Wahlberg, but you can't call him Sir Mark Wahlberg. I think that's cool. Um and Bob Hawk, who is instrumental in helping uh, Kevin Smith do what he is now doing. Um, there's a, a film called Film Hawk, and it's on iTunes now. And, and Kevin Smith tweeted it. Um, I might check it out. Um, I love documentaries, of course. but um, And this has to do with uh, the great career that Bob Hawk had. So I think that's pretty cool. Awesome. I'll definitely check that out. And... Um, this was the last little piece of movie news that I just, is this why it's taking so long maybe, but Avatar, the sequels might be 3D without 3D glasses. I don't know anymore. Uh, <laughs> Are we over it? Are we James, done? Well, no, James Cameron just reminded me way too much of uh, George Lucas. It's like, you know, just put out good work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Technology can, you know, it doesn't always have to be the end all be all. 
But the problem with this idea is that that's fine. But if you don't, if like, for example, in Fort Bragg, this little town we live in, um, if you don't have the right projector, you're not going to get that effect. Right. Uh, So, so he's trying to do something that the technology isn't there yet. So it's just, it's just a problem across the board. I think, I don't know. Just put the damn movie out so that your Pandora land or whatever gets some, some love and people understand why that's happening in the first place. It's been how it's been so long since avatar. Exactly. I, I completely agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right, man. So let's get to uh universal stuff and we got a, we got a ton of little things here, but no, you know, just stuff that we're going to bounce through. So let's start with um, the first one that I actually, I, I talked about last week. Oh, nifty. So we talked earlier about uh, Mark Hamill getting a, a star on the walk of fame and it looks like Linda Carter is also going to get a, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which makes complete sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's now she's playing the the president of the United States in Supergirl, um, but you know she was the the Wonder Woman from uh, the seventy seven TV show. So absolutely. Um, so she's fantastic. She's a great actress. Well, and also with the success of Wonder Woman and everything else, it's it's time to you know. Uh, uh, give her what she, you know, give her the due that she that deserves, you know? So absolutely. There's also a little rumor that, uh, Warner brothers is looking to release three to four DCEU movies a year. So they're definitely trying to go with the Marvel model here, but you can't, you know, don't, don't put so much into this until you actually get more than one that has really good reviews. True. Once they get their second one in there and they've established that they're going forward, uh, I, I think that makes a lot of sense, dude, for sure. But, I mean, can you blame them? Uh, no, not at all. Because, I mean, they'll make more money. I mean, more films, yeah. more money. Exactly. Hold on, there's a picture I want to put up here. Um, so, do you want to talk about this next one real quick? Yeah, well, evidently, DC is considering uh, the directors, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who are just in, who just got canned from doing Han Solo. Um, they're considering them to take over the Flash. Um, I don't think you know. I love Lord Miller. I do. I, I think they're fantastic. But the thing is, is they they purposely are doing the Ezra Miller version of the Flash because they thought that uh, Grant Gustin was a little bit too light. You know what I mean? So if Lord Miller were fired from doing Han Solo because they were going too funny with it, how is it going to work out with the Flash? Yeah, I didn't think about it that way, but. Um... Yeah, I agree, man. That, I I just don't know if that's going to work, honestly. I feel like those yeah, guys just need to a, go find something else to do. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they 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 could. I mean, they could do one of many things. They could do uh, twenty three Jump Street. They can go back to that saga, or they can uh, get back involved with uh, the Lego movies. Because remember, they did the original Lego movie. Yeah, agreed. And might as well. I mean, that's a money maker right there. Might as well just keep going with that. You know, I don't know. I just think yeah. there's a lot of drama around them right now, and I think they need to go back to something that's not new, go back to something they know how to do, keep doing their thing, and then come back and maybe branch out after that. That's probably their best bet. Exactly. Um, all right, so Batman, Matt Reeves confirms Bat- Ben Affleck is still his Batman, which which is kind of a non-story, but at the same time, there was some drama we talked about a few months ago about whether or not uh, Affleck was going to step away from Batman, you know? Um, but I don't think... At this point, where the DCEU, the way it is right now, I think that if he were to leave, that would be be a huge piece of drama, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I completely agree. And the thing is, is you know, as it is right now, he's already finished basically 
finished principal photography on, on Justice League. Um, and so he's going to have bit parts in whatever, whatever other DCU movies there are. But he's not going to be filming for Batman until at least 2018. So there's time for him to figure out whatever is going to happen. True. Good point. Um, Wonder Woman 2. Yeah, as, as we've been talking since the first Wonder Woman came out, uh, Patty Jenkins has been in talks to... to uh, sign on to do the second Wonder Woman. And although, uh, as far as I know, no details of her signing have come to air, come to light. She's actually come out and said she is confirmed for doing the sequel, which means that the, the, the contract, if it's not signed is already good enough to be signed and she's on board. Awesome. And that's good news, man. I think, uh, her, I think changing directors, not that it would be the worst thing in the world, but might as well keep the same director, at least for the next one and, and go from there. That's my opinion. So, yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Deadpool 2. Um, I put a picture on the right-hand side of our live stream here of uh, set photos showing Wade Wilson crashing a kid's birthday party, which I just think awesome. is just hilarious. <laughs> and um, Ryan Reynolds also made a new casting announcement on Instagram. Let me open this up. I forgot who the name now. Deadpool star Ryan Reynolds have confirmed the addition of a new actor to the cast. You'll probably start humming Ricky Barker for the... Okay. So it says, Hunt for Wint... Wilder People's Julian Julian Dennison, Julian Dennison is joining the cast of Deadpool Two, um, sharing an image of Dennison, in a, <laughs> which Ryan Reynolds confirmed by sharing an image of Deadpool giving Dennison a piggyback ride, <laughs> uh, which I think is awesome. Um, I'm not familiar with the actor actually. Uh, neither am I. No, it is what it is. Um, yeah, so here we are casting. Moving on. Sorry, my cat jumped on my lap. Um, yeah, all right. So now we're on to the Venomverse with Sony, and evidently Tom Holland has said uh, what he thinks about Spider-Man's role in the Sony's Venomverse. What, is, what do you have to say? Okay, so there's like this weird drama back and forth back right now about uh, the Venomverse, and it, it basically has to do with Venom. The Venomverse is going one direction, and uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man is staying in the Marvel side. Um, and there's talk of, there's not going to be any crossover. So Tom Holland talks Spider-Man's role in Sony's Venomverse. Um, he's not going to be there is essentially what it is, um, or that he knows of yet. Um, but Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal's final ruling on Venom is it's going to be, it's not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it is part of the Marvel comic universe. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, if you remember, we talked about it last week when there was that, interview with Amy Pascal and uh, Kevin Feige and Pascal said, yeah, well, Spider-Man might show up in the Venomverse movies. And there was that new meme-ish picture that Feige put out that looked like, uh, this is news to me. Right. So it, really, this is just Tom Holland coming out and saying, I don't know anything either. Exactly. Um, so speaking of Marvel announcing things, uh, phase four um, is supposedly going to be announced after the fourth Avengers movie. Right. Um, and then Kevin Feige came out a couple days later and saying the next movie after Avengers four is going to be not shocking is, uh, the sequel to homecoming. So, uh, that's, you know, that's what's happening after Avengers four. Yeah. I mean, well, it makes sense that he can release what the first film is going to be, but he's not there. They're not going to reveal what the whole phase four because each phase is like eight movies. So exactly. So, I mean, we can, we can, project uh it's probably gonna be black panther uh spider-man maybe another thor 
Um, you think we're going to get another Captain America? We're definitely going to get another Ant-Man. Um, yeah, well, uh, since uh, Chris Evans has signed on a, a longer contract, it's definitely possible to get another Captain America. Yeah. But um, if, if they are, it's going to be... Because as it is right now with Infinity War, we're going to get a transfer of Captain America. And I think we're going to get Chris Evans playing uh, uh, Steve Rogers without the Captain America outfit. And it's going to go to either Bucky or Sam Wilson. And so it's really interesting what they can do with that sort of uh, thing. Sorry, my cat was doing something weird. That's all right. Cat issues. I'm very excited about this next one. Yeah, me too, man. So Nathan Fillion, who we all love and love, um, and he basically said that um, this is interesting. He said the actor was going to have a quick appearance. OK, so I didn't realize this. He's been in every one of James Gunn's movies, um, including a minor cameo in the first Guardians of the Galaxy. I have no memory of who he was in that movie. Do you? Uh, I seem to remember seeing him, but I don't remember what he was. Okay, I'm going to have to rewatch it. I've seen it a lot of times. But anyway, and the actor was going to have a quick appearance in the latest movie as a popular Avenger from the comic books, but Gunn revealed they had to cut it from the final edit. Okay? Um, and so although Philly did not debut as Simon uh, Williams, a.k.a. Wonder Man, during the runtime of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, um, he's saying he could appear as the character in future Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, he's not going to give up hope, a bit, uh, essentially. He is the perfect actor to play Wonder Man because Wonder Man is very self, self-confident self and cocksure. And it's like, and he's like an actor, but it, honestly, it's like his character from uh, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. Oh, okay. Yeah. But not stupid. <laughs> right. No, and I would love to see him um, in the cinematic universe for sure. So I love Nathan Philly. Yeah. And honestly, I think he's perfect to play Wonder Man good yeah i hope it happens for sure um james gunn also he denied rumors about the new howard the duck movie and the only reason i think this is uh even a thing is because you have that post credit sequence right um i can't remember what movie it is uh now but with on, howard the duck it was on the first guardians was it guardians okay and oh yeah because after um the collector's deal broke up um yeah. but yeah it's not happening <laughs> at least as of right now no, honestly, I think the best thing to do with, with Howard the Duck is to do a short, um, kind of like um, um, they did a, a funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer, and that was Coulson's story on his way to go find Thor's hammer out in the desert in between Iron Man 2 and Thor, and then okay. you had um, uh, the, uh, oh, was it Artifact 47, which was about uh, the a couple people from the S.H.I.E.L.D. team uh, from the R&D team that found uh, a, an alien gun after the Avengers and stuff like that. So if they did like a little thing yeah. a short film like that, that would be awesome. No, I can and see they that. Also had a, they also had a short film like that about center around Agent Carter. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. I, I just, I don't know. I, I like the Howard the Duck idea. I just, I'm, I'm curious to see uh, what, um, what that would look like today, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I think it'd be better to do it as a short. Yeah, good point. Um, all right, so the next story we've got has to do with why Robert Downey Jr. keeps uh, doing what he's doing with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Which I'm gonna I'm gonna read a couple of quotes, and then I'm gonna and I want you to tell me what he's really saying. Are you ready? This will be for fun. Yep. So it says, "What happens to me is that things are presented to me and are really well thought out by folks." 
that have been doing this correctly for a really long time. And I go like, check. Downey Jr. said. And then he said, uh, one of the best parts of the job when I first got it was just going back and watching. Oh, no, this is that was someone else. So going back to the quote I just said, uh, what's he saying there? Uh, that he's got a good thing going here. And as long as the the uh, the script work and everything is good, he'll stay on board. Come on. What's he really saying? Oh, well, that fact that he's getting millions of dollars. But that, oh, my God. I honestly think that's. Yeah, I know it's not it's not the major part of it. I just was joking around, but honestly, he's getting paid more than almost anybody else on those sets, though, right? Well, he made like fifty million dollars off the Avengers alone. So, yeah, that's a lot of money. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, I'm glad he's come. I'm glad he comes back on a serious note. Um, I I I love his character, and I love the fact that he's in Spider Man, and I and I it looks like that relationship is going to be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to that film. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, segue, Spider-Man Homecoming. Sorry, I had commas going there. What do we got, Spider-Man Homecoming-wise? Uh, well, it looks like cosplayers took over an airplane. Okay, this uh, is super weird. This. this is super weird. Uh, let me open this up. I'll put it in the show notes over there. It's a pretty cool picture. Check this out. So the, the, the cool part about this is I guess they had this kind of invite only. You had to apply to get on the plane and, and all this other stuff. But everybody on the plane was in, Star- in, in uh, Spider-Man cosplay. And they even had a Tony Stark with them, which is pretty darn cool, right? Um, yeah, that's pretty darn awesome. I love that picture. Um, I would just love to, to see the TSA line, though, where they make everybody take off the head their, their mask. Right. <laughs> I just think it's, I, I don't know. This had to be arranged ahead of time because this is, I don't, I, I don't even know where they were going. This is somewhere in, uh, I think, Japan, I want to say, but I can't remember. Uh, but it was pretty darn cool. I think this is neat. Yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. So some other Spider-Man Homecoming news. John Watts is is likely to return uh, to direct uh, the next one, which is pretty good. Okay, because everything we're seeing coming out of it so far looks good. Exactly. And Tom Holland says Venom will never appear in his Spider-Man movies, which piggybacks on what we were saying earlier. I hate this comment. I know, me too. Can you, um, guess, can you guess why I hate this comment? Because Venom is part of Spider-Man? Because he uses the word never. Oh, yeah. I hate young kids' use of superlatives because you can't say never because, I'm sorry, but Tom Holland, you have no control of what goes over to the Spider-Man movies. Oh, I'm so glad that you said that because I have another article in here, which I'll just jump to, um, that has to do with um, him keeping his mouth shut. Um, (laughs) uh, it, It turns out he's not very good at it. And I have some Infinity War news, Infinity Wars news later. Um, that they wouldn't even let him read the script <laughs> because he has That's such hilarious. a hard time keeping his mouth shut about stuff. So um, he's a young kid. He's he's very obviously very excited to be part of this franchise. But um, yeah, saying never is a problem. But also at the same time, um, they they know that it's probably a problem him talking to people. So they got to keep this stuff under wraps. You know, absolutely. But what I thought was actually interesting is that Nick Fury, uh, the director's idea was uh, the writer's idea. I can't remember. Uh, the idea was that Nick Fury was going to be the mentor. You know, I think this is good because it, the last one we've seen, Fury really hasn't been involved recently. Um, so I think that would have been cool, but I think it only makes sense that it's uh, Tony Stark because, you know, he was the one that brought him in in, in Civil War. Yeah, it would be kind of weird if that that role i mean 
unless Nick Fury was in Civil War, which you know what I mean, and then recruited uh, Spider Man, that would have made a lot more exactly. sense. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna throw this up on the side too, since the live audience will probably appreciate this a little bit. Um, so apparently, uh, this was probably the coolest thing I've saw this week. Uh, Holland gets out of his obviously Spider-Man inspired vehicle here. Um, let me see if I can get a good uh thing here. And uh, this was on Instagram. This is a pretty badass entrance. This is for the red carpet. Um. For the premiere, you ready? Yep, go ahead. Did you get that? Yeah, that's pretty funny. That was kind of funny. Huh? Anyway, um, and then we also there's also a link in here for the full uh, Spider-Man Homecoming uh, New York press conference, which uh, I did not watch it because I didn't have time. So here we are. Awesome. All right, what do we have to hear about the Punisher? Uh, Punisher. It looks like it's going to happen sooner rather than later. They've been done with it. Um, and it's going to hit Netflix. Uh, let me grab the date, but it's happening sooner than we anticipated. Well, originally, uh, they were supposed to be the end of November. Um, but then a couple weeks ago, we announced that it was pushed to November 14th, um, which was a Tuesday. So I don't know. Is it going to be even earlier than that? Oh, no, it is November 14th. Awesome. Yeah, it's a Tuesday, which isn't usually considered prime premiere real estate. However, it would not be the first time that Netflix has ushered a show out on a Tuesday. House of Cards fifth season was on a Tuesday. Stranger Things um, and The Punisher falls on the weekday. The site may uh, be signaling a permanent shift in that schedule, which might be interesting. Tuesday actually makes more sense because that's when DVDs and stuff drop anyway, right? Um, yeah, that's the same article we were talking about last week. But yeah, that's uh, I, I agree. I think Tuesday would be the, the smarter way to go. Oh, interesting. Arjar actually put in the chat. Thank you for that. He said um, the clip actually started with Spider-Man on the hood driving up. Uh, then he gets off the car, enters the car, and then emerges in, the, in his suit. Oh, that's badass. Uh, I missed that part. Okay, that's funny. Yeah, that's even better. <laughs> Thanks, Arjar. All right, moving on. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, the composer for the first one is coming back for the sequel, which is important. And Peyton Yeah, Re- Any- yeah go ahead. Yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely. Anytime you can keep uh, composers is good, but uh, sometimes you can change composers and it's good. Like the Harry Potter series did it really well. Yeah. But, you know, anytime you can keep composers, they get that underlying soul behind the music that stays, and that's good. Yeah, exactly. And then Peyton Reed teases Ant-Man and the Wasp news coming soon, uh, which makes sense. We're going to get more news, yeah, we- but... Yeah, we figured they were going to get uh, some news dropping for D23, so. Yeah, and I hope so. I'm looking forward to that movie. I actually, un- unlike some other people out there, I actually really enjoyed the first one, so. Oh, so did I, and I'm really looking forward to the new one. All right, so Infinity War news. Uh, almost done with production, which is important. Yeah, so, I mean, it's coming out next summer. So, um, it's Especially with a movie this size, too. I mean. Yeah, it's got to be wrapping up production soon, so the post-production and then all that stuff. So, um, you know they're going to be taking time off over the holidays, so it makes sense they're wrapping up now. Plus, almost everybody in it is going to be going to Comic-Con for something or other, so that's another week out of it. And so, then D23. So, once you get into the the, the big part of con season, um, you're going to have to be wrapped up before then. Yeah, exactly. Um, so speaking of Spider-Man, uh, Kevin Feige, uh, he talked about Spider-Man's role in Avengers Infinity War. He said it's basically about the same amount that he was in Civil War, which isn't a whole lot, but definitely something, right? Well, yeah, but when you have 63 individual people in the movie, it's, you know, not everyone's going to get it done screen time. 
Yeah, to me, it sounds like all of them are going to have about that much screen time. <laughs> um, and yeah, also, exactly. I already talked about uh, him reading the script. And then Scarlett Johansson um, is, teases a little bit of a Black Widow and an, uh, Hulk relationship in Infinity War as well. But again, I think it's, she alludes to the fact it doesn't go well. Uh, which makes a lot of sense too, but we also don't know what happens in Thor Ragnarok yet. So, and we're going to get that before. Well, honestly, I mean, because we know there's something going on in Avengers: uh, Age of Ultron, and he, and then of course Hulk wasn't in uh, uh, Civil War. I honestly think that he goes out into space uh, as a reaction to uh, getting his heart broken with Black Widow, and makes and sense. Not wanting to tear up Earth with a broken heart. Yeah, I got you on that. Um, Guardians Volume 3, uh, there's a cocoon in a post credit scene in the Collector's Warehouse, and apparently that is supposed to be, um, oh, the name just flew out of my head, uh, the character we don't know anything about, you and I both, but people do, um, one second, Adam Warlock, sorry, I don't know why I couldn't remember that. Oh yeah, he's part of the uh, the people who are the bad guys in Guardians 2. Right, uh, the um, Sovereign. Yes. Yeah, so that basically solidifies Adam Warlock for um, for Volume 3, which is cool. And uh, speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, the soundtrack, or we're into merchandise now, is available on cassette, which I think is badass. I have a link in the show notes for that. And Hasbro put yeah, out... Awesome. Yeah, and Hasbro point, per, put out a um, Thor Ragnarok tour line, toy line, which looks pretty darn cool, too. Yeah, you knew toys were going to be coming out for that, so... No, for sure. Uh, real quick, um, Smod news, and I just threw this in right before conventions really quickly. Um, Garmin was talking, and I don't know if you listen to the latest Hollywood Babylon, but Garmin's like, I'm going to get you a, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah, I heard that. No, it was a good episode, and I think he deserves it, too. Sorry, yeah, I think he deserves it, too. No, I think he deserves it. I just, I'm wondering if... Um, you know, and they listed off all the people that, and we only listed off two tonight, obviously, uh, Linda Carter and, um, um, Mark Hamill, but there's a whole bunch of people that are getting their stars in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. But I think, I think Smith deserves it. He doesn't think so, but Garmin does. And Garmin was the one who got Adam West's, uh, star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So it, it would be fitting to, to get his buddy up there too. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, man, let's uh, get to convention news and get out. All this stuff's going to happen pretty quick. But the main thing, uh, first of all, D23, um, there's a whole bunch of um, Funko unveiled, a bunch of Star Wars and Marvel exclusives just for D23. And I'm going to throw this up here real quick. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny that they're announcing them now because they they already announced the Funkos for Comic-Con last week and D23 is their first. So it's kind of funny they're releasing it later. No, I agree. Um, I'm just gonna leave that up there just for a couple of minutes. Look at that; those are those awesome. I just, I just really like the, uh, um, I like the, uh, uh, the Tauntaun Luke thing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, the Luke Tauntaun one looks cool. The other ones are they, uh, uh, um, Funkos? Are they, uh, are they pops? Or are they Dorbs? Because they look like Dorbs. Yeah, these look like Dorbs. Actually, I don't know. Don't have a whole lot of info on those, but it is what it is. Um, all right, man. So San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, let's talk about so our Puck Cantina. Um, hashtag yeah, I Puck. Just looked at him. I just, sorry, I just looked at them. They Go are ahead. dorbs. Awesome. Um, yeah, I want all of them. But no one's going to buy them for me, so there's that. Um, but anyway, 
Uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Our puck cantina is happening Saturday around 5 o'clock. Uh, we're going to do a podcast. We're going to have some beers. It's going to be great. So if you plan on coming, um, tweet at let us know who you're bringing and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm trying to get some prize together, but hashtag pucked P U C T 2017 and let us know you're coming. It's gonna be great. We're going to talk star Wars. We're going to talk about slow tour. We're going to talk about anything you saw at the con. It's going to be, I, I think it's kind of nice that it's on a Saturday. So people have some time at the convention and, and kind of come back with stories. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Last year's was a lot of fun. It was really hot. Hopefully the weather will be a little bit cooler this year, um, but it was a good time. Yeah. Um, and hopefully Darren DePaul, uh, will show up as well again and, and hang out with us. And, uh, it's gonna be fun. And no matter what, it's gonna be fun. Uh, we have people coming from all over the world this year. So it's gonna be great. Absolutely. All right. So Marvel news, uh, uh, sorry, news for the convention overall, Marvel studios, uh, basically dude, uh, the gaslight banners are one side is Thor Ragnarok and the other side is, uh, uh, Black Panther, which is badass. Oh, that makes sense. I was going to throw the picture yeah, up here real quick. Yeah, I saw this next article. What's the uh, what Holly's wrapped us? Oh, uh, look at that. How badass is that? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, those are awesome. Yeah, the trolleys this year are going to be for... Um, oh, excuse me. They are ABC's uh, The Crossing. Uh, that's one. And also New Mutants. Uh, the Gifted. Oh, excuse that, me. Not not New Mutants. The gift, The Gifted. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and so it looks like those are the two, and then of course you're gonna you're gonna see some, um, uh, what you call it, uh, Conan ones as well, which is pretty sweet. Of course, yeah. Um, IGN uh, is going to do. Um, oh, so and and I have this later actually, but this is fine. IGN is doing. Uh, oh no, this is something else. IGN is um, partnering with Twitter to live stream San Diego Comic-Con coverage. So kind of like last year, um, somebody is going to be streaming something. So you'll be able to see some panels after the fact and stuff like that, which is cool for people who can't make it. Um, and also it really under obviously entices people to try to go next year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And Twitter's starting to do a lot more of the live streaming of major events. And so, um, yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, and there's more of that later with uh, um, IMDb, for sure. Okay, so what else do we have here? We have uh, Joss Whedon is not going to make Comic-Con this year, and basically because he's working on Infinity War. So, uh, You mean Justice League? What did I say? Infinity War. That's what I meant. So yeah, that's why he's not going to be there. Boom. Yeah, and that makes perfect sense. I- I'd be surprised if he actually was going to be there. Sorry, I'm having some issues here. Okay, let's... I can tell. <laughs> okay, whatever. Let's move on. So I, I kind of split this stuff up into... This is kind of the announcements slash help section. So I've got some guides in here. I'm going to gloss this really quick. But if you're listening to this and really want to... If you're coming to San Diego Comic-Con, and especially for the first time, it's super important that you check out some of this stuff because this will help you. There's a link in here that talks about um, how to make the best of your comic-con time if you go by yourself and i and honestly i've i've gone i've done comic-con sort of by myself before i've met up with people and stuff like that but that year you couldn't make it i kind of soloed it um and i met up with folks i met up with my brother a couple days later but honestly i did a couple days pretty much by myself but it's a lot of fun because it talks about obviously you meet up with people you talk about people you talk 
to people online. Um, we're all there for kind of the same purpose. You know what I mean? So the, the link in the show notes I have is kind of cool. Um, just some stuff to do by yourself, which is neat. Yeah. So it's always fun to, to talk with people online because you're with each other for a couple hours. And, uh, like we met, we, uh, had some good times with some uh, people we met in line for, um, uh, fat man on Batman last year. And, yeah. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Exactly. I mean, I- I don't think there's a single line I've been in and I've been in a lot of lines at Comic-Con where I haven't talked to people around me and, um, and met them and, and, you know, you pass business cards and you meet up later, you get a drink or something like that. Um, we've met some really interesting people. Remember that year we met those guys and ended up on that boat. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't go on, don't go on anybody's boat. No, it, it depends on who they are and how much they've had to drink. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> that was a little creepy. It was, it was pretty funny though. Anyway. Um, so the guild uh, is obviously Felicia Day and and Geek and Sundry's uh, whole deal. Uh, they're bringing the entire cast and a special 10th anniversary poster uh, to San Diego Comic-Con. And apparently they're going to do a two-hour signing as well, which I'm pretty stoked about. Uh, we got to figure out when that is and line up early because I want to be part of that for sure. I'm going to give her socks again. Well, I hope they announce the price because the first, remember the first time we got autographs from them? You know, we went to their event. And we had uh, like you got we got the Jeff Lewis signed uh, mouse pad, but then we went to them at the sales pavilion, and we were in line. All of a sudden, it was forty bucks. Well, and that's if they're in the sales pavilion again, that's something else. But if they're doing an offsite or something like that, that's something else. So we'll we'll wait for that and see what happens. So I mean, I, pretty much everything in the sales pavilion costs some money in one one way, shape, or form. Right. Um, I've got two things in here to help, especially new folks and people coming for this year. Um, obviously SCCC, uh, unofficial blog, they update this every day. And today was one of those days where it updated like 20 times, but they're announcing a ton of panels, a ton of panels for 20, uh, Comic-Con 2017 and, uh, autograph signings as well. Um, Good, everything from our schedule. Yeah. And, and it's really happening, dude. There's Game of Thrones and Walking Dead and everything you'd expect, all everything under the sun is being updated right now. So um, we'll kind of break that down. I think the next time we record, which will be literally a couple days before we go to Comic Con. So um, when all that stuff gets solidified, we'll kind of talk about what we're excited about, where we're going to try to go, um, and we'll give us some time to kind of break that down. I think that's a good idea, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm guessing we're going to miss the Archer panel again. Oh, we're going to miss a lot of things, but that's the nature of the beast, you know. We've never made it to an Archer panel yet. We might as well keep our streak alive, dude. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, man. So uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom um, basically will not make co- uh, Comic-Con. Uh, there was a rumor that it was going to happen, but it is not. I don't know why. There we are. Yeah, well, I also don't think it's going to be ready before before next year's Comic-Con. So um, oh, that's it a good just point. makes sense that it come out for next year's. Yeah. And Batman Harley Quinn movie, um, that is going to be, that's going to premiere at San Diego Comic-Con. And they've done this before with the animated stuff. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I, I doubt we'll catch it, but if we do, that'd be sweet. So, Yeah, they did the same thing with Killing Joke last year. Exactly. And let's see. Um, there's also a guide in here from the same blog that helps with the uh, autographed ticket drawings in the sales pavilion. So like Will was talking about a couple minutes ago, if you're trying to get a signing in the sales pavilion, you, you, there's a whole process involved. So this, this post kind of breaks it down. Uh, you have to draw, you have to stand in line, then you draw and then you hope you get it. And then you come back later. It's a, it's a whole thing. So that'll help you. 
Yeah, last year we did it, and we got to meet the cast of Frequency. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, yeah, I'd like to actually try to do one more thing like that this year. That'd be neat. Yeah, it sounds good. All right, so offsite stuff. Um, Amazon is coming back. They're going to have a tick panel and an offsite thing, which I think is pretty darn cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping Amazon's also going to bring lore, which I haven't heard anything about, but that that's the the podcast I really like, and they have a that show's coming out this fall. So, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Um, then we also have uh, Game of Thrones and Westworld is going to have they're going to have offsites. Oh my god! Okay, so going to Westworld. Okay, yeah, yeah, you say that, and we've said that about Game of Thrones. Do you remember the Game of Thrones line in the last the last two years? Do you remember? Yeah, that was ridiculous. Um, wrapped pretty much around the block twice almost. I mean, not really, but might as well have been. Um, picture a city block with an entire line almost touching itself on the other side. That's Game of Thrones. Yeah, that was pretty big. I'm imagining Westworld's going to be the same, but I don't know. I would love to see Westworld, to be honest with you, but but I'm not going to wait all day for it. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) Well, you don't like waiting much at all anyways. (laughs) Oh, how dare you? Okay, moving on. Uh, Kong Skull Island is also going to have an offsite, which is pretty darn cool. I think there's um, some sort of activation um, scavenger hunt thing involved. And then... Like we talked about earlier, IMDb is going to have uh, their boat again this year. And uh, Kevin Smith is going to be um, interviewing a bunch of people on the boat all day, all week. Um, and there's something else going on that you think would be interesting that you might want to try to do. What do you think? Yeah, well, they have a couple of different things. You can actually attend uh, the boat. You have to you know, take your picture and use a specific hashtag. And you, know, you might get on the boat for, I think they have a two-hour uh, thing on the boat, um, but they're also uh, Kevin Smith is going to be hosting a trivia contest in uh, about uh, superhero movies, and I want to say it's uh, Room Six E, um, but I would definitely like to be part of that. <laughs> yeah, we got to figure out what day that is. I would love to see that too. That be that looks fun. Um, all right, let's wrap this up with exclusives, man, and and get out. So, um, <laughs> San Diego Public Library is doing uh, exclusive library cards. I mean, how yeah, cool is that, right? Well, they've actually done that the last few years. Um, Have they? And yeah, and actually, the uh, if I remember correctly, and you know, lo- the last few years, um, the local hotels also tend to do uh, exclusive cards, like last year. Right. Um, right. We got like Arrow and Flash and stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, and then on top of that, of course, Petco is doing some uh, exclusive swag if you want to decorate your pet for some reason, I guess. Um, Funko Pop is doing a pop-up shop, um, which is going to be insane, of course, because everybody wants their Funkos, right? Yeah, it will. It's going to be nuts. And then um, I just put the link in the show notes here to Funko's uh, Comic-Con exclusives um, updated as of basically today. Um, and yeah, and yeah, they have like ten waves. Like they have a Star Wars wave, they have a Disney wave. Uh, they're doing the uh, the Lord of the Rings wave. Uh, there's a whole bunch. I'm waving to you right now. That's a lot of waving. Uh, but yeah, man, um, if you're into Funkos, there's plenty of stuff out there. Um, you just got to be willing to fight for it, honestly. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, man. Um, what? Anything else you want to say about uh, Comic Con before we get out of here? No, we just we're coming down to the wire here. Like we're not going to be uh, recording next week, so a couple weeks will be our last episode before the con, uh, and then uh, the uh, the next one is actual con day. So um, we're getting close. Yeah, and I didn't say at the top of the show, which I should have, but um, I am out of town next week, so 
uh, with a vacation with the family. So I will not, we won't be recording next week, but we will be recording right before Comic Con and we will be recording at Comic Con at our pucked cantina. So, um, it's, I can't wait for that. It's going to be exciting. So, yeah, it's going to be a great time. And don't forget, uh, get your t shirt submissions in. Um, and uh, if you're watching live, get them in by uh, by Monday, and we'll find out what our shirt for the uh, canteen is going to be. Sweet. So, thanks for tuning in to The Usual Podcast. If you have comments or questions, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. I am at Darth Pops on Twitter, and Will is at Amrill Griggs. We're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Uh, so, take time, share us, and like us, and all that kind of stuff. Um, if you want to support the show, we are at patreon.com slash usual podcast. Um, if you give us a buck or two an episode, you get trailer time, which we did earlier tonight um, as an exclusive video. And also blooper reels for every show, um, early access to the show and that kind of thing. And we have more stuff coming down the line. And audibletrial.com slash usual podcast if you want a free audiobook on us. I am reading the Reckoners uh, trilogy by Brandon Sanderson right now, and it's very, very good. Now uh, you get all that for free or Thrawn or by Timothy Zahn or anything else uh, that's on Audible. You get it on us. So, um, yeah, pre-order uh, Battle of uh, the Inferno Squad. Yeah. And then there's Inferno Squad. All right, man. Uh, anything else? Uh, just make sure everyone has a fun. All right. Have fun. We'll see you all next week. Peace. <laughs>